and I hit record. Yeah. I was telling Fred I was at an event last night that was taking place at my old golf course with uh, about 150, 175 people, a uh, big uh, fundraiser for a friend of ours that had passed away years ago. And it was, it's, it's become a huge golf tournament and supporting uh, Princess Margaret and... Yeah, what's the other big hospital? God, I'm losing my memory. There's a women's college. No, there's no, there's a Princess Margaret and uh, Sunnybrook. Sunny no, okay. these were big cancer places. And oh. um, I'll tell you about, uh, you know, later I can tell you about, you know, what I told a friend about how the hosting part, how it went really well. And, 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 and if something happened that just made it so good, like it was a gift from comedy. Anyway, but uh, a doctor got up, Fred. And uh, he really, obviously, he's one of the head guys at Sunnybrook's, Sunnybrook, and he had a little, little slideshow, just very, like, a three-minute thing. And, and remember, there's a lot of men in the room, so it's, you know, he said, guys, I'm going to tell you something before we eat. I just want to talk to you about your prostates. And the men in the room range from, you know, mid-30s to high-70s. Mm-hmm. And here's what was fascinating. He said, here's a graph pre-pandemic. And it showed where prostate cancer incidences in Ontario were prior to the pandemic. And then he showed what happened after the pandemic. And he said, at one time, guys, we were on our way to eliminating prostate cancer, not, you know, almost eradicating it in Ontario is very, very good numbers. And then the pandemic hit. And then he showed us the graph after and how. Like, because for a, a couple of years, guys just didn't have that checked. And they didn't uh, have anything checked. They didn't have we, we didn't have yeah. anything checked for a couple of years. And he talked about the rates now that uh, he said, you know, they've just gone wild here. And so that was his message to the room. You know, like, don't put this off. It's a, it's a and he talked about some great uh, advances of how to treat it and, and such. But his message was. You know, like any right-thinking dude of any age, get it checked. Get your numbers checked. I, I, I'm just bewildered at this now with the PSA blood test. So that also tells me that a lot of guys just aren't going to the doctor at all. Yeah. Because if you have a doctor of any competency and you're in your 50s, 60s, and they're not during your checkup or just when you visit because of a cold say hey we got to check your psa or your blood work yeah but see you got to pay for it too which is bizarre until you hit 65 but yeah that just tells me you know guys are like that wouldn't it be a better idea if they just uh, sent you a like hey do a test here's the you know whatever it is you need to do the test with or go into the testing place and get it done, and and then if if it's uh mm-hmm. you know if it shows something, then call your doctor. There's your PSA is showing something, so it would just be a, remove a step from you know. No, I know, but it's a small investment in your health, and the thing is, yeah. I think it's like thirty five, forty dollars. Again, it may be more now, probably. Once you pay it, and they determine there's a problem, you don't have to pay for any more going f- forward. You mean you get a lifetime supply? Yeah, it's like they the doctor can check a little box saying risk or something, and then and then ongoing PSA tests you don't pay for. Oh, wow. I would, that was my experience. Um, I would leave it to you to find a loophole. 
That was laid right in my lap. That's right. That was, Speaking of, it's a loophole for your loophole. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and which doesn't surprise me because it's amazing how many guys you talk to and you say, when's the, you know, if that subject comes up, when was the last time you were at a doctor? It's like, oh, geez, I don't know. Christ. Well, I think you're I think you're right about a couple of things. And, and listening to this guy talk last night, you know, I was it was one of those things where at first I wasn't going to pay attention until he started bringing out these graphs. And I was like, what? And he talked about how, you know, guys stop go, men stop going. Everything's shut down and it just hasn't ramped up to pre pandemic rates until, you know, you know, the first person to say this about how men are reticent when it comes to going to doctors. And of course, the secondary part is even more reticent to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I can't believe that it's just a blood test and, and where they're going now with treatment, you know, because like the radiation and all these things, they're making advances where eventually you won't have to have that. They'll be able to, they'll be able to get at it in some different methods, but that's what they're, that's what they're doing. They go around and raise money to see if they can't make it easier and more, um, not just more efficacious, you know, more better uh, techniques, but also less invasive. If you, there are some people that have problems with PSA tests, you know, they raise false flags and they're not completely accurate. And, but what's the alternative? You know, you can always have a second one to make sure, or a third one to make sure, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't, so, okay. So what do you do now? Wait till it's it's a problem. And the thing is about prostate and PSA tests, I mean, if you have them routinely after the age 40 or whatever, it's like you're probably never going to die of prostate cancer because even if you develop it, it will be so insignificant. You'll die with it from something else. Yeah, of course. Um, the one I don't understand, and we've talked about this a million times before, is the... Uh, um, Colonoscopy. Uh, colonoscopy. Yeah. It's like, because colonoscopy, it's not like, uh, it's not prostate. Like colonoscopy, usually if you got a problem, buddy, you got a problem, on, you know, on first take. <laughs> yeah. That's why you want to stay ahead of that one. And again, a lot of guys, it's like, no, I've never had one. Nope. You know, especially if you have to lose weight for an event, there's nothing like a colonoscopy. Mm. Dandoran, let's start the this show. episode. <laughs> of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a trailer in the Kawarthas across from a canoe hanging from a tree. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now, here are two men who think... Today's kids spend too much screen time gaming, even though as kids, they spend too much screen time playing the bar table versions of Pac-Man, Space Invaders, and Galaxian. It's Humble and Fred. Dan Aran, thank you for your service. Appreciate you. Uh, I was never much of a video game guy at home, but I did like Space Invaders when I had a chance to play it at the local arcade. Kenny Robinson uh, will be our guest today, a longtime comedian, actor, dude. He is the president of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. We're going to learn more about that, what it's all about. Uh, this thing I did last night, Dan, I uh, was hosting this thing for, uh, as you said, Princess Margaret and uh, Sunnybrook. 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes those rooms are tough because there's 150 people. They've been golfing all day. They're a bunch of rich people. And, uh, but uh, it was good. I caught their attention right away. I was telling Fred that something happened that is just, you know, it can go either way. I got up and I said a few things, got a few laughs. And then just as I was about to launch into the live auction, and these are some big ticket items. One of the auction items went for like $30,000. Oh, wow. You no, know, I know. What was it? It was a uh, a chance to spend two days uh, at the uh, a Masters with tickets and accommodations. And like the tickets to the Masters are 3500 bucks a piece if you do it. Jeez. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So uh, just as I was launching into this, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not on a stage. I'm sort of, there's a... What do they call those, Dan? Like um, a riser? Yeah, like yeah. a little riser. Not a riser, but a, a lectern. So I took the mic oh, yeah. off that. So it had a portable mic. <laughs> I took it off that. And uh, just as I was going to launch in, I was telling Fred that this older gentleman next to me gets a phone call. And it was quiet, so everyone could hear the phone go off. So I, he, he was looking at me, and he doesn't know what to do. I go, no, just answer it. <laughs> just, I go, just answer it. We'll, we'll just wait. And then he started talking, and I was going, hang on a second. Who are you talking to? He says, I'm talking to my wife, Margaret. I said, can I talk to her? So I, uh, he says, sure. So I took his phone, put it on speaker, and I did about three minutes talking to her back and forth. She had no idea. I said, hey, I'm, I'm a friend of your husband's. I said, what's your name? <laughs> <It's> like I, <laughs> she said, who is this? I said, here, I'm, I'm with your husband and a few of our friends. And I told the audience, like, shh, you know. And uh, we're, we're trying to auction off this thing. And what, would you start the bidding, Mark? She's like, sure, I guess. And anyway, that's how it, it, it was a great little gift from... Uh, from the gods. Well, it, just got, it gods. just got... It for, It was the kind of thing where... Listen, we've all seen... I mean, I've seen guys do that in comedy clubs. But these guys, it was just one of those quirky, unusual things that everyone... It got everyone's attention. And then afterwards, it was all anyone wanted to talk to me about. But it was just a... It, it couldn't... Because here's where it could have gone. The guy could have said, no, go fuck yourself. I mean, I, I could mm. You know, I could have handled it. But uh, he, he was just so nice about it. He's like, sure. He hands me his phone. <laughs> anyway... What caught my attention? Her name was Marge? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Don't know. It was, he, he was he was 75. So it, it was, I mean, that just adds to the comedy. <laughs> yeah. I get to talk to her and her name's Marge? No, but I, I threw that name on there because he was easily 75. And there's a chance his wife was named Marge. <laughs> That's right. Or Bernice. Yeah. Um, or Lorna. A couple other quick <laughs> notes. Yeah, or, yeah, or Lorna. Um, Merle. Um, mm. the, the hors d'oeuvres guys were, you would have loved them. They were little mini like squares of pizza, but very thin, not like a big chunk of pizza. And the other one that caught my eye was asparagus, prosciutto wrapped asparagus. Mm. Oh, nice. Yes. That can be nice. Yeah. That can be yeah. nice. I do that all the time on the barbecue. Yes. Do you? That can be nice. Yeah, I do that mm-hmm. a lot. Cause yeah. that is, if there's a, that is a great way to get some prosciutto in you. Well, the next time you go to uh, Palma Pasta, grab some of his, which is fantastic, and then some nice, healthy uh, asparagus sticks. Do it yourself, Howard. Very easy, and quite the treat. You know, I may have somewhere in my cooking past tried it. What they did with it that I thought was different, because they were only small ones, is that, some, you know, because we've all had it, but you know how sometimes a prosciutto isn't, um, it's still a little bit uh, loose? Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes you don't crisp it up. These were all perfectly crispy pieces of prosciutto wrapped around yeah. this goddamn thing. It was so good. I do that. <clears throat> uh, something what, was came, it, what was a different part? 
It was, it was well, a, that, crispy. well, that was crispy. I've never, I've had it before where it was kind of like still kind of like, like a little underdone, just sort of regular prosciutto. Or, or yeah. sometimes they don't cook it at all. They just wrap it around the asparagus. Hmm. Well, next time you're up here at the lake, I'll make some for you. Okay. Join the barbecue. Between naps, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Need a nap. Naps are awesome. No, I don't. Between naps. <laughs> it's not I, uh, an old thing. It's not an old guy thing. I've done naps for, for you know, 20, 30 years. Well, I know, but your 20-minute naps now have become quite lengthy. That's all. <laughs> okay. Because your theory was 20 minutes now. I close my eyes. 20 minutes later, I set like an alarm or something, and I'm totally refreshed. I thought, that's cool. Yeah. doesn't work for me, but if it does for you, that's fantastic. Yeah. But, yeah. That's the older we get, eh? Things change. Listen, Things I've, had a, I've said this several times over the summer, including last week. I was on my way back from Port Dover seeing my buddy, and I had to stop. It was because I saw my car was going to take me two hours to get home because of traffic. I thought I better stop soon because I'm not going to make it. Pulled over in a parking lot, closed my eyes, did a Dan Duran 20, and uh, mm-hmm. I was I was fine. You know, uh, what I've noticed uh, lately is sometimes I go to do something and where I wouldn't have thought about it before, I go, geez, do I feel like doing that? And then I think, what's the matter with me? But once I get moving, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Once, I, once, I, once I embark. All right. <laughs> on the project, I'm fine. It's not, it's not like my dad used to say. Oh, halfway through it, I had to sit down because I'm tired. And no, that's coming. I remember him? No, I know it's probably coming, but I'm not there yet. Once I get going, I'm fine. I'm just like, like I've always been. It's just the thought leading in now. Right? You just wait. At some point, that at some point, you'll be saying that during sex. I got halfway through, and then I had to stop because I was tired. <laughs> hey, doll, finish her up. With you. You know what? No, I'm going to have a nap before this is finished. Um, But I did notice something that I said it last week, and then you sort of, it was in passing. I said something to Fred, and you sort of like, oh, yeah, me too. But I uh, had to put on some, uh, I I put on a jacket, not a tie, but, you know, fairly dressy thing. And I have these slacks I wear that go with this jacket. It's not a suit, but it's sort of a combo I wear. Slacks? Slacks. You call them slacks. Slacks? For, for the sake of this bit. No, I don't call hey, them his dad. His dad was a menswear guy. Yeah, that's he right. Slacks. Uh-huh. He calls them slacks. No one. No one. I made it up. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, yeah, slacks. Yeah. I don't know. It seems I did. something a, from the it, 1950s. That's in exactly advertising. why. This reaction? <laughs> is exactly why I said it. For that event, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and buy myself a new pair of slacks and shoes. <laughs> That's right. Some no, I, usually I get some slacks and wingtips. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a I was wearing a pair of trousers, a pair of slacks, a pair. Of, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And right. uh, I noticed that they were a little, a little on the snug side. I, they fit uh, me. But a little on the slung side, and I will say, and this is where I was going with this, uh, I mentioned to Fred last week, something about having to rein myself in, because uh, I am now, when I got back from Mexico, April 1 of 2023, so a few months ago, I was maybe in the mid-180s, mm. 187, 188. That's not the man. I'm sort of upper upper mids. <laughs> Sorry, the mid. So I was like, I was over 185, but around 187, 88. And now I'm tipping them at 194. That's a full six pounds. Mm. And I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I know what to do about it. But 
But here, I'm not sure. I don't know what I want to do about it, you know? Well, I I think, Howard, I think the key is to just always make sure the number just is the second number is an eight rather than getting obsessed with it. That's what I thought. As long as my second number is a seven, I'm not going to worry about trying to get into the 160s and everything because... You know what I mean? Just rather than go, I'm getting down to 168, and then your life becomes oh no, I hear you, but horribly like, but regimented dude, for the next two. Dude, months. I'm five pounds away from that number being an eight. I'm 194. No, but very manageable. So you know that now. I'm just saying it's not going to take much for you to make that second number an eight. You know, yeah. five pounds isn't a lot. Sure, for someone like you. Have so. you? Uh, but have but you? You can. You said something, and this is my point about referencing you. I said something to you about. Oh yeah, I'm, just, I'm packing it on this summer, and you went me too. So have you mm-hmm. gained some weight? You know, I haven't weighed myself lately. Yeah, I can feel a bit through that. I can usually tell by my t-shirts, right. Know? Maybe a bit around the middle, but like this you, is what it gets me about in the summer. I don't tend to gain a lot of weight because I'm moving a lot, like doing shit all the time. So um, I'm heading into the worst part of the year for me gaining weight the fall. What about you, Daniel? Uh, Daniel, you know, are, I, your, are your slacks and trousers still fitting you nicely? Well, there's a, I have a tight pair that just seemed a little bit tighter when Ooh, I put it on yesterday. Yeah. So I was going like, well, you know, maybe I uh, might be a pound or two bigger than I normally am. But D- Dan's a very, what I've noticed, a very disciplined eater. Dan can push the plate away. Where I'll reach for another helping or reach for a little bit more. And have, yeah. I, you've said the same thing. I've noticed that about Dan. He can just shut her off. Right, Dan? That's true. I did because that. Uh, had a beautiful lamb chop the other day. That's four of them on my plate, and I uh, I only went for three. You know, those little lamb chops. Mm-hmm. No, I'm mm-hmm. And again, they're not even going to hurt you, but I because Dan has these nightmares of being a fat guy, right? And then he's like, "What? <laughs> I want to hate myself." <laughs> That's I'm not right. Hate myself. Well, I'm gonna hate myself. Gonna, am I going to have to kick myself off this island? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what would you do if you, poor Dan, if you had some kind of treatment, steroidal or whatever, where you just blew up? You'd just be looking at yourself in disgust all the time? Well, I would be upset with myself that I got that big, for sure. Well, yeah, but what if it was was medication? You couldn't help it. I don't know. Well, I'd, you know, I'd find another medication, I guess. I don't know. I just can't imagine myself Um, letting Letting myself I find go. another medication. Yeah, a rock and a... <laughs> you tie a rock to his leg and jump in the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, I wanted to mention this yesterday because I, I thought Fred would have some fun with it. But you too, you know, where I was uh, on the weekend, on the Humble and Fred weekend, Wednesday through Sunday, I was outside of St. John, New Brunswick, in a little town uh, called Quispam Sis. What? What? <laughs> Piss on What? Quiff Pam what? Quiff? Quiff Pam sis piss in the quiff. Yeah, I thought we would do this for a while. Quiss Pam Sis is the name of this little town. Pam Swiss. I know. Here's the thing. Until I'd seen the sign, I spent a couple years going, the Swiss can what? And uh, all (laughs) versions of this. What? um, And what do they call it? Do they have a nickname for it out there? Quiz Pam. Oh, just okay. Yeah, up in Quiz Pam. They say, uh, yeah, and and, yeah, they sort of take off the last. Uh, It's right next to another little town called Rothsay. But I forgot. 
I said to my buddy Grant yesterday, I said, oh, I forgot to, to tell him that you live in Quispam, sis, because I wanted to have this little fucking <laughs> in, in, immature, immature exchange. I just thought this was a natural for us. Piss Canada went. Went in piss. <laughs> and I thought, what an opportunity lost. <laughs> I know. That's yeah. great. But Dan, I'm telling you, when you see the word quis pam sis, when you see it, for some reason, I don't know, all of a sudden I could say it. But up until I'd ever seen it, I was just doing this <laughs> stupid bit constantly. I say, tell me again what piff, you pissy, quizzy pam poo. <laughs> Pissed on who? That's <laughs> right. I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you take it just beyond. Oh, yeah. And then people reason. who live there. I shit myself. You live in the town of I shit myself. That's right. <laughs> I shit Pam's too. Yeah. And then people there just think you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Pamsis. So they pronounce it Chris Pamsis or Chris Pamsis? Well, that's a great question, Donnie. Chris Pamsis is how they pronounce it. But I'm sure in the original... Uh, you know, in the original quest in the ab- in the Aboriginal in the in the First Nations language, you're probably pronounced it that way. Quispamsis, Quispamsis. I looked it up on the uh, the the uh, Oracle here, and, and? Uh, lots of great pictures are coming up of the area. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's stunning. Oh, it's beautiful, yeah. it, it really is a stunning, stunning area. And you know, we often talk about going to Newfoundland uh, and how difficult it is. It's difficult for them to get to Newfoundland. I mean, even though it's just over there, it's it's not easy to get to. But you hear about how beautiful it is. But I would tell you, it's easier to get to New Brunswick. And uh, I highly recommend the province. Well, listen, I, I can't tell you the last time I was at the Toronto Island, for Christ's sake, let alone, you know, in a situation like that, it might as well be a million miles away. Because even from New Brunswick, it's a bit of a... You know, it's an ordeal to get the Newfoundland if you go by the, absolutely by water. Oh, and, wasn't yeah. wasn't the last time uh, you were on Toronto Island is when you were uh, sunbathing naked with your uh, you know, for you pride? Know the last time I was on Toronto Island, <laughs> yes. <clears throat> no, I do not go to the gay beach, Howard. I didn't Long. say I didn't say the gay beach. I well, just that's said the nude beach. It's it's for you don't see women there. <laughs> I just, well, I mean, it's not on the island though. It's the it's uh, Hanless Point, isn't that what that is? Isn't that on the island? Mm. Not on the island, is it? Handjob Point. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you went to Handjob Point and you had a quisp, quick piss from Pam. Uh, anyway, um, what was so the last time I was on the island, Howard? It was, and I, you can probably tell me the year. Tiger Takes Toronto is the last time that what? I, I went to Tiger Takes Toronto. Remember that? Okay, yes, I do. It was, it was like nineteen um, in the late nineteen nineties. American Express, yeah. but 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 when you say the island, you've not been over to the island in terms like no. the airport. No, oh, I've okay. never been to that airport ever. Really? That's weird. Never flown out of Toronto. No, that is really weird. And uh, yeah, the last time when we were kids, our family every so often during the summer would that was a day out. You'd go to the island, get on the sure. ferry. It was cool. Like and there was a little like, like Center Island. <clears throat> Yeah, there was a like a little amusement park there when I was yeah. a kid. There may still be. I don't know. We but. took our kids. Randy and I took the kids to Center Island, but uh, so I couldn't remember. I was probably ninety eight when Tiger came here for that. Yeah, but I I spent a lot of time on the island after uh, 
I sold uh, part of my plane. Did I mention I was a pilot? Uh, back to Dave, I started flying out of the island. I flew out of there. I flew out of there for a couple of years. Remember, Dan, that, that plane that I flew with the computer screens. Yeah. SR-22, uh, I believe it's called. Is it RS? Or the one whatever. With the parachute in it? Yeah, we had one that had the parachute. We, that one that we flew out of the island to come yeah, get I mean, you in Peterborough. Right. To fly to Ottawa to our buddy's son's wedding. I liked. I used to love flying out of the island because I, I loved the fact that I'd be flying this little single engine plane, and I would hear the air traffic controller tell me to keep my speed up on final because there was company traffic and that company was Porter. The other thing I liked is I could be landing and I could see the Porter guy waiting for me to land. I'm like, that's right, buddy. The Hellman's coming in. <laughs> wait your turn. You wait your turn, Porter. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, the island. Yeah, I should uh, get over there, and I know people, you know, live over there, and there's quite a little community and all that stuff, and uh, cool, but uh, yeah. So, what are we talking? Almost a quarter century since I've been to the island. How long has it been since you've been to the island across the trailer? Last year when you and I looked at the garbage. Oh, right, um, yeah, the garbage collection. Um, yeah. Fuck what do you mean? Did you guys go over there and do, did you pick it up, or just look at it? Some of it, Yeah. But there was these low lifes that used to go there and camp on long weekends, and they you know take all this shit over there and just get up and walk away. It's fucking aggravating. But anyway, I don't need to be aggravated. No, um, <laughs> no. While we were talking, no, you don't. While we were talking about uh, I don't give a piss or whatever, New Brunswick and Quest Pam says New Brunswick. Uh, I googled strange town names, and you know there's a place called Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Ding dong, Texas. Did you find dildo? Well, that one. That's a natural. That's Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Dildo. These are ones I've never heard before. Nimrod, Minnesota. Can you imagine that? Nimrod, Minnesota. Anyway, it goes on and on. So, you know, this is a lot of fodder for, you know, radio people. They can pull these names and have fun with them uh, as we have this morning. Like Worms, Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I should talk. I come from Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. which is, you know, as names go, a little unusual. It's not uh, quick Pam piss, but it's. Mm-hmm. Hey, this one's perfect. This is where Lindsey Graham lives, probably Coward, South Carolina. There you go. Yeah. Hey, hey, only only twenty seven like minutes before we got to the Republican Party. I don't want to be. Re- I don't want to be. <laughs> I, don't aggra- get I don't want to get aggravated. Uh, on hey, top of everything else, now the Blue Jays suck. Ugh. Oh, on top of everything, it's just horrible. <laughs> um, let's take a second here, Dan. Don't go away. Uh, will you be able to furnish us with news today? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. You know what? Got a worm um, story. Yeah, but what? A worm story. A story about a worm. That's well, that's beat. cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know he's not talking about his dick. Oh no! He, strangely enough, as we've said before on many occasions, he never does. That's it's our job. That's right. It would be about a serpent if it was that. I'm just looking at his totally, face. Like, totally, it's not like nothing, face. nothing, nothing. You'd think at this point, in, yes. in you'd think by now in the improv game, like we we just keep giving you the premise. Here's the premise. Like, you know what we should do? We should do like if I had Dan's dick for a day. Yes. 
God. Like you wouldn't want the date in. I would want first of all, Dan's dick for a day. We should do that as a giveaway. Dan's dick yeah. for a day. But if if one of us, you or I, uh, stubby dicked ass wipes, had Dan's dick for a day, the things we would say, oh, the games Howie. we would play, I'd oh, never Howie. stop talking about it. Oh, Howie, you kidding me? Wouldn't wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be something? You know, if, if that exchange just happened and I was the one, you know, with the giant Dan dick and you said, oh, it's not a thing. It's a serpent. I'd be saying mm. things like, yeah, you better watch. I don't come over there and smack the shit out of you with it. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Something. Yeah. But better than that. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> well, Dan. What you doing in your commercial? I can't remember. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, All right, well, he's a bashful man. He's a bashful man. All right, well, uh, you know, it's a shame, really, that giant dick is lost on uh, somebody that doesn't want to, you know, brag about it. Where is it right now? What's it doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's it doing right now? <laughs> what is it? Is it? Go back to unusual place names. There's, yeah. blow, there's Blow Me Down Provincial Park in Newfoundland. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, you wake up about 6 a.m. every morning. What time does your dick wake up? Does it get up and make you a does tea? It, does it need bars? <laughs> does it get up and make you a smoothie? There's a dude chilling park in British Columbia. Come on, Dan. I've got the smoothie for you, says your dick. <laughs> Fuck. I haven't had enough sleep, Dan, so I'm going to be making this d- dick joke for the next 80 minutes. Uh, okay, Fred, let's get uh, let's get to business now. U.S. Open Tennis Championships uh, taking place this week, yes, in the United States, if you'd like to wager on that. Uh, Bodog's your place, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, poker casino player. Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and uh, feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994 and of course the NFL coming up you know you can bet on all the futures and who's going to win the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff it's fantastic Bodog I want to talk to you about the electric experience at evnet.ca by now you know that uh, you're probably I'm, I've heard this phrase a few times from people like uh, my buddy Lummy saying like I think my next car is going to be an electric one a lot of people are thinking about that if that's you Maybe you're not ready to do it this second, but I could hang on a second, friend. Let me just uh, tell uh, Kenny to stand by. It's such a shame because you've been so good up to um, And the EVNet experience at EVNet.ca is just that. It's a chance for you to sort of test drive or, you know, sample what life would be like in your family for 24 hours, for a weekend, for seven days with an electric car. The number is 1-800-387-9391. And that's just, uh, not just Teslas over there. They've got the uh, Nissan Leaf. They've got the Kona, the Bolt. And and they can get you into this. It's pretty reasonable. At least go check them out, folks. Help out Humble and Fred at 1-800-387-9391 or evnet.ca. Um... Daniel, yeah, I'm. Uh, we're gonna. I tell you what, Fred, Kenny. It's, it's a cute thing, but yesterday morning at about seven, Kenny, who I've known oh. a long time, he he, he okay. came on uh, Zoom. I'm like, dude, you're. He said, I, I want to make sure I was um, I was on time. I said, you're. First of all, you're an hour 
early and a day early as well. So he was very excited to come on the show. So why don't we just do this? Rather than let him wait there for 15 minutes, let's do Kenny now, then do stuff, and then Dan will come back. Okay. okay. All right. Let's Sounds do that. Daniel, you thank you. Organize the show that way. That's fine. Just want to okay. organize. Just want to make sure you're okay with it, Dan. Yep. Oh, totally fine. Right. Okay. So what's it doing now? Huh? What's it doing now? <laughs> See you later. Dan, when you, Dan, when you come back, have it. Oh, he's gone. Have your dink make us a, a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, fucking juvenile uh, idiots. Not you, Kenny. I was an idiot yesterday. I just, yeah, yesterday morning at 7 a.m., I'm like, this, he comes on the Zoom and he's got no shirt on, which I've seen before. It's not that big a deal. And he says, it's yeah. A better, it looks much better now without a shirt. But yeah, I <laughs> thought yesterday was supposed to be today, but yesterday was today on Sunday, so it works okay. Well, yesterday is to, the tomorrow that you can't whatever the fuck <laughs> uh i don't know how long the very first time i met this guy I was in my early 20s and he and another kid named wayne fleming took me under their wing and we toured the west for uh, about three or four weeks and i was never the same <laughs> i was never the same again but uh over the years i've you know moving here into toronto and uh watching what happened with his career it's uh, always a pleasure to welcome back. You to thought him. I would have had gone somewhere and done something, eh? <laughs> no, <laughs> dude. Let me. Let me. I. I, I thought I was going to give you a heartfelt introduction, but all I want to say is that uh, there's very few guys in Canada, and uh, whether you know this or not, that have had more influence on a wider variety of comedians and comedians. I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, than this fellow, please say hi to our friend Kenny Robinson. Hey, Kenny. Hey, Kenny. How Good you morning. doing? You still there? Or did that, did that make you sad, that introduction? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, though, you said influence, but you made it always sound like it was a bad influence. And anything we did then is, uh, is legal now. And, uh, <laughs> it, it, and a statute of limitations, I think, may come into effect. Yeah, well, I was more talking about the time uh, here in Toronto that I moved here 34 years ago and I was doing some stand-up. I'm, occasionally I'll drop in and hang out of the scene again for a while and forget the influence you had on me and guys like me in the 80s that you know really didn't have a clue. I'll just tell you once, I was staying in a condo with Kenny and this guy and things were happening. I don't want to get into it, but all I remember is you, I guess I'm not sure where this came from. You said to me, we had this little contest. We were throwing pens and pencils into the ceiling. Um, but that was like the least of the shit we were getting up to. Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty wholesome. <laughs> um, but- I, I think that may have been Jeremy Hotz's thing was to throw the pencils and pens into the... It was in an office, I believe. That's right. But, you know, when I talked to you yesterday morning, you said, oh, I had the uh, Nubian show last night. And what we're referring to is called the Nubian Disciples, the all-black comedy review that is one of the, the, if not the, longest-running stand-up show in Toronto. In the country. In the country. Yeah, 28 years. Just give me a little bit and give Freddie and I a little bit of the background, you know, where it started, why it started, and who has benefited from it. Oh, well, uh, I think the whole Canadian comedy industry has benefited from it. It started, uh, when we started 28 years ago, there were maybe four or five comics of color 
uh, in the entire country. That's going Halifax to Vancouver, you know. So, um, you know, how about this? How about that? Anyway, we started a show and it was launched, our very first show. Uh, Russell Peters is on our show. Um, let's see, Kadar, uh, Kadar Brown, who's gone off to have a great acting career, uh, was on the show. Um, Ronnie Edwards closed it, um, you know. So from since then, though, we've, uh, um, you know, uh, the Canadians that have uh, everybody from uh, John Paul to Trey Anthony, who's a producer and writer of Kink in My Hair, which uh, has become a, a franchise of its own for live theater across the country in the United States. Um, uh, Ron Jossel, uh, Jason Rouse. Uh, then we've had uh, several Americans used to come up and do this show. Uh, my son killed me one day. He goes, Dad, you ever hear a comic named Kevin Hart? And I said, yeah, go in the garage. Look in the, the cardboard boxes that say receipts, and you'll find two or three autographs from where I paid him 125 bucks. Wow. So uh, we had Kevin Hart. Then uh, the show back when it started, anytime uh, they were do- making a lot of films in Toronto at the time. So as a result, we were able to get uh, visiting Black Hollywood, not only in the audience, one night we had Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, and no one got slapped. <laughs> but they were in the audience. The rafters and what have you, and uh, so we had people like um, uh, Jesus. It skips me. Uh, uh, Tommy, uh, what's his last name from uh, from uh, Tommy Davidson from, from yeah, uh, yeah from Living Color. Yeah, he was up here. To, uh, we've had uh, Dave Chappelle's done a couple of shows with, with oh, us wow. while he was up here taping. Uh, hold, hold on a second there. So, and and what? How does that work when someone like Kevin Hart or Chappelle, like, do you get a word from one of their people saying, "Hey, Dave wants to come on and do a set," or he just happens to walk in Sunday? And these shows, by the way, everyone, they're Sunday night. They're always packed out. Like the place. Like the, it's to the rafters. So do you, do you get an advance notice that Chappelle wants to come in? Uh, maybe a day's notice, but it's usually that you know that evening. Like each time with Tommy Davidson, it was just that night. Can he go on? Chappelle, um, actually, Chappelle. Uh, the hookup for Chappelle was uh, Russell Peters because Russell knew him from going out and uh, playing places in New York and what have you. Because mm. uh, it was uh, half baked. I think was the movie that Chappelle was up here filming at the time. Okay. You know, so... Uh, and what is that? And just give the audience, uh, you know, because before we keep going, because I'm sure the audience will be fascinated to know, like, okay, so you've got a lineup of people, usually, I don't know, six, seven comics. Seven, usually, yeah. Yeah, and, and you host. Yes? Yeah. And so... How does that work in the lineup? Because it's happened to a lot of people where you're going to do a set, then all of a sudden, the biggest comic in the world, you know, wants to come up and do a a solid, you know, whatever number of minutes. How does that, what, what does that do to the room? I put them on after the headliner. I go, ladies and gentlemen, the show ain't over yet. You know, we have a, you know, we're, we're honored uh, to, to have a, a special guest tonight. Please put your hands together for, and then, you know, then off to the races we go, you know. The place must go crazy when you say, Absolutely. put your hands together for Dave Chappelle. Oh, well, Chappelle wasn't as big as he is now, but mm. I mean, you know, it was still, oh, him, you know, so, um, you know, there's, well, hey, I mean, if you paid your money, you've already had two hours plus of a great show, and then all of a sudden you get a surprise guest, you know, of course you're going to scream, you know, it's it's like back in the day, uh, 
uh, being in Winnipeg, you go see a bar band, and then Burden Cummings was decided to do 25 minutes, uh, mm-hmm. you know, after the last set was uh, finished type of thing. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was, it was great. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's part of, you know, it's part of the whole legacy and, you know, and, and the part of developing Canadian comedy. Well, 28 years. Is it always in Toronto or do you move it across the country at all? Or would it work anywhere else? Well, we've done it elsewhere. But then elsewhere, they've, shows have also popped up on there. I mean, to tour it, it would be a very expensive show. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it starts with, from the beginning, I, uh, the show, we have a live DJ pumping out uh, R&B and, and, uh, and hip-hop and rap music. Because that's, that's what the kids listen to. <laughs> you know, so, no kidding. Nobody wants to listen to B.B. King before the show starts. No, that, right. That's old people stuff. So, it mm-hmm. starts with us having a DJ that pumps up and gets the energy in the room moving. And then the DJ introduces and exits each comic as well. So we keep that energy moving with the music the entire time. So right away, so you start off with an extra, you know, order of wings. Mm-hmm. You got to order for that guy, you know? So, and then when, uh, well, that's, where, to- that's where the real yeah. expense is, having to order that dude some fucking food. Fucking wings well, are so um, expensive. They are. Too. Mr. Moe, Mr. Moe, that used to have a show called The Buzz. Yeah, yeah, we know. When, when we started doing the shows, he was living with another uh, friend of his in a small apartment. Moe slept in the closet, and they were living off ketchup soup. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. after, so for our first show, I, you know, I said, well, I got to have some food because some of these kids may not eat that day. So uh, it started off with me having wings in the green room after every show for everybody. So they, uh, that became, you know, part of the whole thing about it. You know, we broke bread together and, uh, you know, it gave the time to sit back and, 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 and bust balls and, and, and you know, just, uh, you know, in the old days, uh, they would commit. In the old days, it would have been Myers Deli. But, exactly. Uh, well, but, but Fred brings up an interesting point, because, I, I, again, knowing about the show as long as I have, and thinking about just that idea, sure, it's expensive, but you could take a version of the Nubians all black comedy show by now, certainly reputation wise, where you could do some decent sized theaters, even the Markham theaters or the Oakville centers. You could do. I'm not saying, listen, this wasn't a meeting for you to kind of hear what a couple of dudes think about. Yeah, we've tried, but you, you, a few things. You need uh, you need sponsorship and you need, uh, you know, a producer. I'm not a producer. No, I'm a I comic don't. Does one show once a month. Yeah. You know, but they've had similar shows in Montreal. And uh, we actually, we, we started off going to Montreal. Uh, there'd be four of us or five of us on a, on a bus. Remember when they had bus tra- travel by bus in this country? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we bus it to Montreal to do these shows. Um, you know, they. Uh, I think we've, we've attempted it in Ottawa. Now, other people have successfully put on that type of show. Uh, Ricky Bronson with his club in Edmonton mm-hmm. has brought in a show that was um, um, basically uh, some comics out of Chicago and what have you. Now, you got Sterling Scott out there doing something occasionally and what have you. But, um, you know, you need grassroots also, you know. So uh, do you, you think somebody uh, to to reel in the black community, you know, for, you know, no, for I your get it. but they but, don't know there is a black community in that town. But I started doing sets again around town in 2016 and quite a bit for a couple of years. I've done enough shows now. I would say from uh, the time that I met you, you, you being the only black comic I knew, um, to now, you'd have to say that your influence, and I know you're a humble person, but 
that your influence has made a big difference in the diversity of the of the even just the average shows in this city. Because I noticed a big difference when I came back of, uh, you know, when I left, there's basically, oh, hey, there's another, a bunch of Jews. And <laughs> now and now it's like a few Jews and some other people. We have some Jews and one girl with very comfortable shoes. <laughs> <laughs> some Jews, a chick, and a few brown people. But uh, it has changed over the time. Tw- original comedy. There's two yes. or three comedy reviews of, uh, well, we've got land and and, uh, and there's other shows where, uh, you know, but, and then the aboriginal comics are starting to get big. Uh, I got a friend, uh, Paul, out of Winnipeg that has uh, a show with Crave and also has done uh, uh, Roast Battle and what have you. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So, um, you know, before then, uh, the native comics was uh, were Howie Miller and uh, and uh, I, Broomst- uh, Broomstick or Broomstroke, I think his name is. So, um, you know, there is it was very limited even back then. You know, and now, you know, people are, there's there's a touring group called the uh, the Four Aunties or Four Native Women that go from town to town that are actually and you know, they're selling out and doing what have you. Yeah, but also that. things that made it easier for that to happen now is. Uh, is now with uh, social media and what have you, you know. So before it was, uh, you know, word of mouth, uh, some very expensive radio advertising, and uh, used to have people that would put flyers underneath uh, your windshield wipers yeah, at a yeah, parking yeah. lot at the disco you went to on Saturday night. Disco at the dance club that you're at on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But is it, is it still a battle in Canada? I know recently. Uh, we heard we heard about the uh, controversy with Sirius XM and the Just for Laughs radio and guys getting paid and all that. Is that still a problem? Well, Sirius XM has been a real boost to Canadian comedy. It has. Okay. Uh, industry. You know, without that, uh, without that, I can't tell you how many people may have stepped in front of a train. You know, it really has made a difference. Uh, you know, and Ben Miner uh, basically is, uh, you know, started from grass from the ground level with that. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's a saint for, you know, for, for every comic in the country. You know, it, it, during the during the lockdown, it was the only income that was coming in for some people. Uh, others were doing, um, you know, were doing uh, these shows, uh, you know, from their laptop. Yeah. And, you know, that was a whole nother difficult time. Oh, no, I did. Listen, I did a couple. I actually hosted. Uh, I am seed from my from here doing it over Zoom. It was, it was dreadful. Um, and, and they do. I know that the, the residuals those guys have made from Sirius has has actually helped a lot of comedians and some bigger ones uh, bridge the gap between, you know, poverty and and not poverty. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we go, one of the reasons that Kenny's here is Kenny is the president of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. What is that? What's that all about? Who's in it? How are are you in it? You should be. Uh, I'm not eligible for it yet because I am the president. Yeah. Of the mm-hmm. but, yeah, that uh, wouldn't look good. Screw it. Basically, <laughs> um, basically uh, you know, what it is, is, uh, you know, we'll, our, our greatest exports or our greatest talent export has probably been in the field of comedy. You know, anytime you want to get a Canadian, to, to, you know, to talk to anybody about showbiz, the first thing we'll start boasting about is how many great Canadian comics are. And then when you stop and think about, never mind the ones that we know now, but we've got a rich history of comedy. I mean, going back to David Steinberg, or if you go back to, uh, um, 
you know, some of the, the creators in the industry, the producers. Um, Lauren so Michaels. Lauren Michaels, uh, the, you know, John Candy, um, you know, the whole SCTV crowd, uh, most of SNL at one particular time, um, you know, Rich Little, um, you know, Wayne and Schuster. Wayne and Schuster set the records for the most appearances by anybody Ed on the Sullivan yeah. show. Yeah. So, so uh, what is the what is the criteria, uh, Kenny, for someone well, first to be? Of all, okay, what we're doing now that it's uh, there's a there's a board group, uh, a board committee for the uh, Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. But basically, we were trying to drive up. Um, membership and that's a great thing we've got to think 25 dollars pays for a lifetime membership and uh, that gives you a uh, first crack at tickets for the galas that we're doing uh, i believe it's in february it's going to be held in hamilton and it's going to be a big big sh- a really big show really big show uh, but what we're doing now is uh Anybody uh, to, to try and encourage uh, people that are not necessarily in the industry to uh, to join up is if they go to the uh, Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame website, um, we have uh, you can vote for free. You can vote for free this uh, this year uh, for performers. So some of the people performing that are uh, performers that are nominated uh, cast of SCTV, like John Candy may have been put in on his own, but the entire cast of SCTV. Boom. OK. Codco. Oh, Codco yeah. Has been so many years in um, uh, Steve Smith, which mm-hmm. started with, uh, you know, with the palace and, and the other and the red green and those shows. Mm-hmm. Elvira Kurt, mm-hmm. Al Waxman, Jim Carrey, Eugene Levy, Martin Short, Billy Van. I mean, when you think of comedy, we don't stop and think Billy Van, but that House of Frankenstein was it for every kid. Everybody that was ever in Canadian comedy started off by watching House of Frankenstein, you know? And uh, and also we have Mary Walsh is also. So if you go to the website, you click on, you can vote for free. And, uh, and after, uh, you know, you, 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 uh, you fill the form, you're eligible to win uh, a trip for two to uh, to Hamilton, which uh, would include transportation and hotel and tickets to the big gala that uh, that we're going to have. So uh, definitely, please, if you if you like comedy and particularly if you love Canadian comedy and you want to support it, I mean we're real big with our Canadian comedy. You know, I mean with our you know Hall, hockey Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But uh, and it's nice because that's the only chance most of us will get a chance to see a, a Stanley Cup. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's the uh, website, uh, Kenneth? Okay, I'll have to go to it. I was hoping. And, you- and, and Kenny, is this is this you're just starting up this Hall of Fame, or is there already inductees? In- well, we last year we we had a big year last year where uh, oh. Mark Reson was brought into it, and also uh, the JFL people were brought into it, and and other performers. Mm-hmm. So, um, here, do you want uh, me to find it for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got it here. It's Canadian Comedy Hall uh, dot com. Canadian Comedy Hall. Yeah. Dot com Canadian yeah. Comedy Hall. Hey, listen. It took uh, it took a hiatus. Of Canadian oh, Comedy okay. Hall. Canadian Comedy Hall. Dot com. Go and check it out. Uh, enter for twenty five bucks. You can uh, get all kinds of benefits. But you don't have to join. Oh, okay. to For performers this year, we'd love for you to join. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, eventually we'll be hooking up all members with uh, Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame toques and all that type of thing. Amazing. Uh, oh, and, and then when you go to the when uh, it's going to be a touring show as well. 
Plus, we have great things like uh, at the at the galas. Uh, we have a, a replica of the set of Great White North, so you can go in there with this great cutout of Great White North with his stubby bottles, and you and your friend can have your picture taken. And you can be hosers, and uh, <laughs> the picture we, uh, that you take it will be suitable for framing, as they used to say. Hey, man, mm-hmm. it's always great catching up with you, and I'm so happy that you're involved with this. If you weren't president, you should be one of the nominees. CanadianComedyHall.com. And, uh, and you know, again, it's been a long time. When I saw you yesterday morning, uh, but, you know, a, a day early, I thought, you know, that's where, yeah, that's where you and I are at now. We're guys in our 60s. We're going to forget shit. But I'm so glad you made time for us today, my friend. There's been times when, when I didn't make it to your show. Oh, yes. Yes, I know. And, and there was one time you did make it to my show. I wish you hadn't. Anyways, Ken, Kenny Robinson. Uh, you always, said you were going to mention that again, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, my brother, always a pleasure catching up with you. There he is. The, the, a lot of Canadian comedians consider him the godfather, uh, certainly, of uh, the show he's been at for 28 years, The Nubians. Uh, check it out. It's once a month at Yuck Yucks. Go to yuckyucks.com. Pardon me? It's always the last Sunday of the month. Last Sunday of the month. And if you uh, want more information about that, it's on the Yucks uh, website. And uh, thanks for your time today, Kay. Thank you for having me. And uh, Thanks, Kenny. You guys look great for guys that get up so early in the morning. I'm going back to bed. I fed my cat. (laughs) All right, buddy. Take care. Have a good day. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, you just let yourself out. There we go. You know now. You you. What was that at the end? I uh, wish you had, he hadn't have been on your show once. Uh, he, um, lay it out here. I met him, uh, if I did, like I said, I did a tour of Western Canada with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, one thing about Kenny is one of those guys where, you know, once he takes a liking to you, you're, you're in his group. So when I got right. to Toronto, I didn't know anybody except I knew him. Mm-hmm. I knew right. him and I knew Jeremy Hutz. So I come into town and immediately I'm swept up in Kenny's group bunch of guys and we hung out and smoked weed watched porn <laughs> first time i'd ever saw like real hardcore porn was at kenny's place oh, yeah. which was kind oh, of disturbing yeah. but um uh the way it worked in those days so, uh tuesday night wednesday thursday friday was do you well, you've been here in toronto a long time the uh, original yuck yucks not the original but the one that became the most famous was at bay in yorkville uh, it's in a building that's not there anymore, but it was very for very many many years. Right, small club, about a hundred and twenty seat theater, and uh, so on the Wednesday the headliner would come up. It was or Wednesday or Tuesday. It was amateur night, and guys would come up and do a few minutes, and then they would have the headliner come up and do fifteen or twenty minutes just to give the audience a taste of what was happening. So I was about to go up and do my little 15-minute headline teaser. <laughs> Fucking Kenny shows up and just like Chappelle does a drop-in set in front of me. Oh. <laughs> just kills. Like, just wipes the floor with this Kenny Robinson energy. And at that time, he was, you know, he's a big man. He's got a, he's all dressed up and, you know, he's right. swearing and talking about heroin and fucking all this shit. <laughs> and I was like going up there. So anyway, I just have some funny little Jew guy observation. <laughs> I used to say to him. And afterwards, oh, I was like, Lord. dude, don't do yeah. me any favor because he did. He's just, a, he, not that I bombed, but it wasn't as, it wasn't easy to follow. Let me put it that way. No, I, th- when you mentioned uh, when Kenny was on, like, yeah, it was Dave Chappelle in the early days, but still, what's it like for somebody where 
there you would be about to go on. It's like, oh, Dave Schmell showed up. We got to throw him on. Oh, yeah. What kind of a situation would that be? Happens all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've read Sucks. accounts of guys that were about to go do their set. And then mm. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld's here and he wants to do 10 minutes. <laughs> Fucking you don't keep him waiting. Yeah, you don't. He won. They, yeah. So and lots of guys have, you know, yeah, mm. you can do one of two things. You can follow him and bomb or you can follow him and acknowledge what a, an amazing moment that is. And then, mm-hmm. you know, take the ball and run with it. Yeah, tough. Uh, again, I'll say it again. You say it again. Tough way to make a living. Um, yeah, it is. Um, and I get what, to do what, it. We got to get you into that Comedy Hall of Fame, though. Eh? Oh, yeah. Under what oh, category? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be an advocate. That. <laughs> you know, you know, that's right. That's going to be my mission. Maybe you and I, and that's the, the hall, hall of Fame you and I could get into under the radio category. No, I've never stood on a stage. No, I think that's I not. But it's would not, not meet the criteria. Pause. It's. Did you hear him say? It's the SCTV cast. It's this and that. There's, there's other. It's not just stand-ups. It's not the stand-up Hall of Fame. Did oh, okay. you not hear any of that? We could get in under the radio category. I was actually going to say that to him. When you have a radio category, we want to be nominated. Mm. It's just. Will there ever be a radio category? No, there won't be. Radio is really at the bottom of the totem pole, as you know. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, you know, I mean, honestly, we've talked about that many times over the years. Comics tend to come in and have a different attitude with a radio interview. I mean, you see the same guy do a TV interview, and it's a whole different... whole different vibe, I know. It's a whole different vibe. It's almost like, oh, we got to talk to these we- radio wieners, these yeah. uh, fucking... This, we got to talk to this zoo... <laughs> well, that's why they didn't like it. I used to go, listen, when I wasn't doing, when I just did stand up, I went and did radio shows. You know, I kind of knew what they were going through because I had done mornings before, but it was the guys I went with were all like, uh, radio guys are stupid. I'm like, well, let's give them a chance. Hey, before I forget, last night, uh, one of the guys in the audience I, was Darcy Tucker. Oh, really? Hadn't seen uh, him uh, for a long time. He's uh, looking pretty good. Still has the long hair. How old a guy would he be? Darcy Tucker, he's a dirty, rotten fucker. That's what they used to sing when he played, because he was mean bastard. Mm-hmm. See, this is this is the kind of bits that gets us into the Hall of Fame for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what would he be? How old would a guy? Forties, early fifties? Oh, I, I I would think he's in his fifties now, Howard. He was. We're talking almost twenty five years ago. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Darcy Tucker era. Yeah, would have been around 2000. So when he was playing with the Leafs, 2001, yeah. 2002. So, yeah, yeah, we're over 20 years. So and at the time he came to the Leafs, he would have been in his 30s. Yes, I'll say he's in his 50s. Well, for a guy in his 50s, he's, he's still rocking the jet black, the jet black uh, longer hair. You know, maybe he's got a little dye job there, but he looked good. And he put up a, a chance to uh, play in a foursome with him. At his golf course, which was very cool. And I said, hey, guys, this is a great opportunity to tell a Maple Leaf all the things you think are wrong with the club. And that got a little bit of luck. Have you, I don't know how much you watched Darcy Tucker as a hockey player. When he would get mad, his eyes, it was like uh, the fucking shining. You know that picture of like. Oh, yeah. Just the just his eyes. It was like fuck. I wouldn't want, listen. I'm not going near that guy. Yeah, no kidding. He has sort of that rage face. By the way, yeah. speaking of The Shining, uh, you know Maine, the the state is just across the way from 
New Brunswick. Right. And turns out the Algonquin Hotel was the, um, which I sort of drove around. My buddy took me up to see it. Was the inspiration for Stephen King's The Shining. What do you think about that for crying out loud? You know, New Brun- Tourism New Brunswick should be sponsoring this program. But I'll tell you who is sponsoring this show. Well, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Go to chamberplan.ca today. If you have a small business and have thought about, you know, some security, a benefits package for your people, everybody asks that question. It's a great job. Is there, do you get benefits? Is it red well, do you get benefits? Well, it can be done if you have a small business. Go to chamberplan.ca. There's a badge there. Click on it. Get a free quote. You put in the parameters of your business, and there's different levels you can buy in at. And uh, it really is affordable for small business because all these small businesses together have the image of a large business, and they can go out and buy the products uh, that your employees will really appreciate, uh, dental and prescriptions and therapies and talked about in a whole mental health uh, component now just really you've got to take some time read what it's all about and see what the benefits are and then the cost factor is uh, will be a pleasant surprise mm. chambers of commerce group insurance plan chamberplan.ca you know if you're uh, not getting stressed regularly you know how are you ever going to increase your range of motion and flexibility you know, I said yesterday, it's been a couple of weeks and uh, it's going to be another week or so because of my schedule, but I have uh, been doing it regularly throughout the summer at stretchlab.com and I have really noticed, like, well, I'll tell you what I could say this. I- I've noticed more now that I'm not doing it, just how stiff I am. The other day, I was getting out of my car, actually it was yesterday at your place. Like, sometimes I get out of my car and I make old man noises now, I'm like, ah, you know, I have, to, I have to actually get out, move my leg a certain way. And that's why you need to get somebody to work on all those stiff parts, your hips, your IT bands, upper shoulders, traps, that kind of thing. And that's what they do when they stretch you. It's $59 for 50 minutes, including an assessment. And it really will make you feel differently when it's done because it reduces muscle and joint pain because it reduces stress. And can even improve your posture. Uh, don't take my word for it. Take it for a test drive. It's Stretch Lab Toronto. Stretch Lab. The dot com. Did you see the... Uh, well, I don't, if there's something you would like to bring up. I was going to ask you if you'd seen the, uh, <laughs> the way the Russians are covering up that plane. Uh, blowing up their plane. You know, they blew up the plane. Well, of course. Yeah. It? Yeah. Putin uh, offering his condolences for the terrible accident. Yeah. You, you, by the way, that's how you know there's no hope with those people because oh, I know. it's just the biggest there. Mm-hmm. Other than Trump, mm-hmm. the biggest scam in the world right now is that. But did you see what happened? So they had this crash. For you people who don't know, the plane blew out of the sky. There's a video of it. And there were some parts of the plane scattered about. And then now today, all gone. Like bulldozed. Yeah. Um. I heard it, uh, they think, well, they pretty much know an explosive device on the plane. So just think about that for two months. People were surprised that it took two months, right? But just think the whole way, you know, Putin, that bastard, just, you know, planning this whole thing. Oh, yeah. Somehow knowing that those 10 guys were going to get on this plane and then figuring out a way to get that explosive on the plane. 
And then you think, what was uh, Prigozhin thinking? Is that how you say his name? Anyway, yes, um, that's exactly how you say his name. What's he thinking? Like, it just seems I would. How could you expose yourself like that? On and on and on. But apparently, the explosive went on and blew a wing off. Yes. So then, so a wing's gone. You're still alive, and the thing's spiraling to the ground. So, not only did you die, but the terror of the moments before dying. Were, yes. And Putin has, he doesn't give a shit who the other nine people were, right? Whether it was, whether it be family, friends, kids, he wouldn't care. Yeah. And that's what, well, I, Mm -hmm. I, so the plane, so something blew inside the the, the fuselage. Mm -hmm. Some of those people would have been killed then. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But some people were, Mm -hmm. because it took quite a while to get to the ground. And yeah. yeah, you're right. It would have been terrifying and and one of the worst worst ways to go being still alive knowing you were spiral spiraling out mm-hmm. of control and then of course well how yeah, what, you know i thought the same thing what was he th- did he not know it literally was two months to the day yeah. that he led yeah. the uprising but the reaction i know what i was going with it the uh, reaction from inside russia was pretty interesting and it got me thinking because we haven't really talked about it. It's coming up to two years in the wintertime that this special military operation has been going on, slaughtering innocent people in Ukraine. Well, aren't, there, aren't there people inside Russia that know what's going on? Aren't there people in... Don't they have... Again, I'm sorry for my stupidity. Do they not have access to information? Howard, you ask, ask that question, right? But roughly... This may be loose. Roughly half the people in the United States thinks Donald Trump's a good guy. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Like, right there. I had the same thought. But there's people inside of Russia, you know, Mother Russia. You know, we love our country. We stand by our leader. The propaganda they're giving. Listen, it doesn't matter if they're getting the truth. Trumpers are getting the truth. They don't want to hear it. They still love the guy. That's the disturbing part of it. Where Trump would like to be like Putin. Trump would love to be in a situation where he becomes president again, maybe for life or give himself new powers, that if he wants to take a guy out like Putin did to Brigosian, he can. It's what he wants. Yeah. And these people well, are watching it happen right before. I think eyes. you're I don't think you're completely. Well, you're right. But uh, it's not a half. It's it's not half the people in the United no. States. But, but, but I said, loose. But, but, I mean, no, you know. but, but that yeah. answers my question quite nicely. Yeah. You're right yeah. that uh, that's the answer. And 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 part <laughs> of the. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I heard yesterday in, in terms of the plane being blown up and then the aftermath, the aftermath was this is the part that I thought was like, wow, they got in there. They bulldozed that area. There's a tiny little memorial to where it happened, but it's all gone. There's no FAA or whatever the Canadian version is. There's no uh, uh, Canadian transport, Transport Canada going and investigating it. It's just gone. And and one of the commentators I heard as I was driving was that uh, they said, well, this will be this is proof that it's we're not ever going to get to a negotiated peace with this guy because this who's this is who he is. Mm hmm. That's, and I thought, well, because I just hope one day I'll wake up and they go, well, the Ukrainian thing is over. Now we can all get back to not having, a, you know, knowing it. And again, I've, I've forgotten. The odd time I listen to CNN and they have a report from it. But for the most part, don't think about it much, which is sad, really. You know, and there are people in the United States. They're tired 
And again, Democrat, Republican, they're tired of the money that's being thrown at it. You know, at some point, I even understand that. It's like, okay, man, we're supporting these people, but what's it going to cost and what's it going to take for what you just said? Mm -hmm. The way Putin is, like, what is the resolution and how much money do we Americans throw at this and for how long? It's a tough situation. Obviously, you can't abandon them, but maybe it gets back, you know, other beyond the United States, more people have to or more countries have to contribute. So, yeah, whatever it is, it's a tough one. Um, but again, you know, I look at I, I think I mentioned this yesterday, wherever Mike Pence goes, he's booed. Oh, yeah. A faction of Trumpers. Yeah. He's booed for doing the right thing. Oh, you mentioned he's, it, yeah. He's booed for upholding the Constitution, being honest. <laughs> he's a bad guy for that. So there's no hope, really. No, there's, yeah. And, yeah, if, if, I, I don't even know where to go with that. Dan, Dan Duran's back. He's got a, uh, mm. you got a hoodie on. Yeah. Still a little on there. The sun hasn't come, come at me yet. Right. So it's sort of peeking through the trees over there so what's it doing now Mm. (laughs) i was just gonna say i bet you're hoping we've gone on to something else so dan what's it doing is it moving dan does yours does yours wear a hoodie full-time or is it no hoodie list yeah okay how are things with you guys by the way he doesn't want even want to reveal if he's circumcised doesn't even want to reveal that (laughs) dan are you circumcised these are the questions that, that will remain a mystery. Well, I would say he's a kid yeah. of the 50s, probably. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah. you imagine if he wasn't circumcised, how big it would be? Dan, it's not a big audience. Show us. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I've got no time for this. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, don't you? I've got no time for this. <laughs> um, I did uh, mention to uh, you boys that I saw the, uh, the movie Oppenheimer. Speaking of yeah. political intrigue, it's a very long movie. I'll, yeah, Grampy had a bit of a just close my eyes for about I don't know five. I didn't have a full on Dan Duran nap, but I definitely there was four or five minutes where I was nodding a bit. It's a really long movie, three hour plus film. I don't get it, Orville, Orville Oppenheimer, three hours, <laughs> three hours about popcorn. Really, how? <laughs> How it's reacting, you can tell. It's like I'm trying to guys I'm trying to know what's going here. It's fucking Redenbacher. Oh right. I'm so, oh fuck, I'm sorry. I thought Was that your bit? You sound you sound like you didn't get enough sleep last night. Sometimes when we would be punchy, that's the kind of shit that would come out of your mouth. Pop and Pimer? Horrible Oppenheimer? Three hours of popcorn? See, and and I didn't get enough sleep until it took me a few seconds. I'm like, I don't know where the fuck I want to go with this. Just shut up, Fred. (laughs) Fred's always honing his dad joke skills. You know No, not always. Not always. Sometimes he's sharper. Honing. Honing. I I didn't go to sleep until 11.30 last night. What time did you go to sleep? Me? Yeah. Uh, well, I I sort of dozed off a bit during the Blue Jay game, sitting upright, yeah. and then went to bed at 10. Oh, okay, yeah. that's not bad. No, not bad. But, so, you know. uh, well, I'm just trying to gauge your... Uh, anyway, uh, movie's really long. Not as long as this bit, but long. and uh, <laughs> But pretty powerful stuff. 
Yeah. And a lot of stuff I didn't really know about the Manhattan Project. We've all heard of that, but how it, you know, how it came to be and, and the details of, you know, the creation of, you know, and again, not to always blame the Nazis, <laughs> but, you know, if there's no fucking oh, there's good size, there, there was good people on both sides. There's good Nazis on both sides of the Nazis. <laughs> not listen. I know everyone's always blaming the Nazis for everything. Oh, give the Nazis a break. Come please. on. Some of the Nazis were good. Let them explain themselves. Exactly. Uh, but in the, you know, if there has, if there's no, you know, uprising Hitler thirties, world war two, because this was the question I asked my buddy Grant. I said, if there were no Nazis, does that, bomb get developed his answer is yes and i said maybe but not not at this at the it wasn't the imperative wouldn't have been there to develop it at that time because that was the whole thing uh it came it came in the early part of world war ii 1942 or so where they 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 wanted to get that thing going because they were trying to beat the nazis again the nazis to the race of building that bomb that's the premise of this movie no, I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Oh, are you? Mm-hmm. Why do you say no, you're not with such uh, well, certainty? Because he, like, well, he doesn't like watching long movies like that that are, that are depressing. Oh, I don't mind if... No, if they're interesting. And I love historical movies like that. I do. Yeah, I you do. I, and I think, he, I think uh-huh. you'd enjoy it, Dan. I, I, you know, I, I think it's the kind of movie, if you don't really need to see it, on a big screen we did but you know yeah there's because the, you know the, there's a few effects obviously of the trinity being exploded and all that but you know there's a lot of stuff in it that i didn't know about how later after Oppen- after the war oppenheimer was ostracized by the u.s security uh uh, whatever they because they because he was left leaning and he was start, basically spent his post-war life questioning how much of these we should be building you know mm-hmm. basically you know feeling pretty like and and so because he was an advocate for uh, deterrence and and not you know making you know this uh, anyway he got to ostracize and there was a great a lot of a lot of congressional hearings i'll tell you who's great in this movie is um, well, the guy that plays Oppenheimer from Peaky Blinders, he's awesome. But uh, yeah. Robert, Robert Downey Jr., fuck, he's so good in this. Oh, he's, I love him. He's so good in it, and he looks like no other Robert Downey Jr. you've ever seen. He's just a yeah. different cat. And he the, really pulled it off, eh? Because a lot of actors, you just see the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and Christopher Nolan, is he's, he's a pretty good director, that fella. <laughs> he's just, yeah. uh, he does a pretty nice long movie. It was good. No, did I haven't. You, okay, oh, go I'm ahead. sorry. No, I was just going to say, Howard, any part of you, did you come out thinking, well, it probably could have been shorter? And during the movie, did you think, oh, this would be a good time for it to end? Yeah, you know. When you get to three hours, sometimes that's the way I feel. You come away going, fuck, you know, that I love that movie, but maybe they could have just cut this out or cut that out or ended it there or whatever. Yeah, you know, the, the, the perfect movie that's really long and they you know having just rewatched the offer you know the godfather mm-hmm. was two hours and 45 minutes long mm-hmm. and at no point whenever i've watched it did i think oh this is too long this right. movie was actually longer than that three plus hours and you know what freddie there were there's a, there was a point where i thought it was over and then there was 15 more minutes of movie you know there, that, 
uh, Netflix and all these services, they have been a pretty good conditioner for this because I have found myself doing this. When you're watching episodes of stuff, right? Hmm. You know, they drop eight episodes, you watch three or four, and then come back the next day. A movie like Oppenheimer now, that has conditioned me for when I have it available here. Why can't you watch half one day Mm -hmm. and half the next? You know, um, almost give you something to look forward to. Dan, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I was listening to a a, a podcast, I think, yesterday about Oppenheimer. And the thing that wasn't uh, talked about in the movie necessarily was the... uh, the surrounding territory around the Trinity. What's in New Mexico or something? Is Los Alamos. Or, yeah. yeah. Los Alamos, uh, New Mexico. Yeah. The people, there's, it's often thought of that nobody lived there, but there was a, you know, there's about probably 30,000 people around that area that were not notified of the, the, uh, the bomb. And they've never been compensated over the years uh, with all the cancers that the generations announce. I think fourth generation is experiencing cancers only associated with that kind of thing right mm. now. That, that kind of radiation. And um, it's kind of weird that those people sort of suffered while they pushed so hard to, you know, beat the Nazis. Um, but they haven't been compensated. And, and, you know. Well, you know who should pay them, Dan? Who? Fucking Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Find some Nazis. Find some Start. Nazis. Uh, well, that's a very Make good point. Pay. You know, and, and the way they portray that area. And, and I don't know why I thought this. But I did that Oppenheimer was European. He wasn't. He was American. He was an American Jew. And uh, that's right, Dan. The Jews gave us another reason to hate the Jews, Dan. You know who else? He developed the bomb and was a stand-up comic? Yes, he did. (laughs) He was in the old vaudeville. Hey, everybody, want to hear about a little bomb? Speaking of bombing, you should have seen me last night at the Los Alamos uh, Yuck Yucks. I threw a little stinker. Um, you know who else was? Uh, it was there was a couple of great scenes with Albert Einstein, also a Jew. Um, and uh, anyway, so Oppenheimer who was played that part. I don't know the guy. It was just he was only in a few scenes. My point about Oppenheimer's so he was an American. He was an, he was a patriot, mm-hmm. and that area. Uh, and and a super genius like the guy was just beyond anything and yet one of the things that gave him great joy was riding horses out into that area and that it it sort of was his place he would go to sort of uh, you know to his Burley Falls right and so when they were looking for an area a remote area for for this experiment this Manhattan project he he suggested that area because of its remoteness but also because of what it meant to him that's why it ended up there Cool. Yeah, you guys will dig it. Three. uh, By the way, I just looked here online. It's three hours, uh, nine minutes. We're talking uh, Academy Award uh, material, right? This thing. Yeah, Yeah. probably a lot of guys in it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people in it that'll get some consideration. I mean, there is a law. That's that's not. I I can't do many of those. That's one of the things that a lot of movies. You know, they're too short. Like the rom coms or whatever. Comedian comedy movies generally between ninety minutes and an hour forty five. Right now, but yeah. Uh, okay, what now? <laughs> what now, fucker? <laughs> what? What? Eddie titty in it? Huh? Uh, you know what? There's some. What? Nice, there is some titty in it. There is. Oh, Dude. you always have that, eh? That, you, got, you need that for the trailer, right? Y'all. Oh, no. There's quite a bit of... There's almost full frontal nudity. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, because another thing we don't know about Oppenheimer, I didn't know, is that he uh, he had quite a way with the ladies. Oh, did he? Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. That's right. They, they were very, he had a couple of, his wife was beautiful. He had a little first wife who became, and it's just fuck buddy. Sometimes they would just get together. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, friends man. With benefits, uh, friends with benefits. Mm, fuckity doodle. That was a great movie, too. Uh. What, fuck buddy? <laughs> <laughs> friends with benefits. Oh, okay. I can, just, oh, that's I can see a few people are still just listening to the podcast. What, what, what makes me laugh is when Fred's got this face that so he's going to explode. He's like, Zimmerman mm, Titty. <laughs> Uh, are we done the show? Is, uh, have we done Dan's news yet? Because I got to, I got to get no, out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to do What do you got to do? I got to go to a doctor. Oh, you got a doctor appointment? Yeah, ten. Wow. Which okay. part of your body? Uh, Cairo. Mm, Cairo. Okay. I'm friends of Mr. Cairo. <laughs> are you done? Uh, are you do, done do, all do, your do, things? Do, 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 do. No, I got uh, the retirement Sherpa. Do you now? Well, why don't you? And, why don't you give me a little Sherpa? And then I uh, will Tim, uh, counter that with a little Palma, and then Dan Duran can do his thing. Right on. Uh, Tim, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, tomorrow, he's going to continue his series on investment and advisory fees. What you're paying for. You know, when it comes to uh, just, hey, is your, is your guy enjoyable to deal with? Does he honor promises? What about the proactiveness? Does he appreciate your business? All this goes into what you're paying for. So just a little teaser, and Tim will be back at you tomorrow with more details. Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Well, that's very cool. Um, you, you, finished, you finished earlier than I thought you were going to. Hang on a second. Here we go. Uh, tomorrow is uh, Wednesday. One more day to uh, get us an email, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. And the reason it's germane is that we're going to record the Thursday show tomorrow. And so, your last chance for the month to win the Palma Pasta gift certificate. Palma Pasta. Actually, I'm heading over there, I think, today. Uh, to Palma's Kitchen. Uh, they have locations in Oakville and Mississauga. And you can even order online at palmapasta.com. Catering services for home or corporate events and so much more. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees. Palmapasta.com. I'll meet you anytime you want Conveniently located next to Howard's Chiropractor. <laughs> Oh, that was funny. It took me a second. Yes. Well, I'm, here's the thing. I'm going into Mississauga. Actually, going into Trafalgar. No, that's not where I'm going. I'm going to Oakville. Do I have to tell you where I'm going to? <laughs> no. It was nah. It was a joke. It was I very funny. So. But I am. The reason I'm going is I'm going that way, and I figured since I'm out that way, I'll go over the other yeah, way. Yeah, well, too. good. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, I'm you're such too. a good planner, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> For instance, yesterday I had to go out Fred's way to pick up Stan, so I stopped in at Fred's place first before I went to there, and then I came home. No. All right. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential mm-hmm. anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as fast for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. 
Dandoran the Anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the glorious shores of Burley Sick Lake <laughs> Love Burley Falls Here's movie Anchorman Dandoran Snakes in your brain Actually, that's not it, but it sort of sounds kind of cool because, you know, snakes mm-hmm. on the plane kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually a, a worm is in me. Get it out. Mm. In an Australian hospital, a patient was admitted after experience forgetfulness and worsening depression over three months. Scans of her brain showed that it was, uh, uh, well, you know, changing. There was changes, and so they decided to go in for a biopsy. So they drilled into her head. The surgeon couldn't believe what she saw, pulled out a wriggling worm. In the patient's brain, it was three inches long. Wow. It was the larvae of an Australian native roundworm, not previously known to be a human parasite. that are commonly found in carpet pythons. Jesus. Can you imagine? Oh, a worm in your brain. Now, again, with, did this woman survive all of this stuff? Yes. No, she's uh, recovered a little bit. Apparently, she's still experiencing some of the same... Uh, the same um, you know symptoms that she was when she was admitted but at least they got the worm out but you know i can imagine like having a three inch worm in your brain of course i'm surprised she even got to function at any level because that's that's a big worm for crying out loud what's it doing in there frontal lobe back lobes you know doing your lobes Wriggling well, you never know what you're ingesting, eh, sometimes, and what parasites can grow into. I mean, we all have parasites, but not three-inch worms, I would think. Wow. Yeah. Dan have, you know, long parasites. But I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm okay. going to give Dan yeah, a... Because we've already, we've already gone there. Inches. <laughs> What's that, Freddie? I said, you can't go there. It's only three inches, the yeah. worm. Mm-hmm. Dan worms got in your brain. It's going to come out in one of your fucking ears. Uh, Dan, you've put up yep. with a lot today. You've put up with a lot. You don't need to put up with that. It's ridiculous. You're a grown man with children. Right. So what else am I going to do? What would you like that? us to do? Would you like us to put an embargo on this? Would you like us to just... Would you, Dan? You know, it's, it's I don't want to inhibit your, uh, oh. your comedy genius. <laughs> yes. so, you know. hey, hey, let's have our version of the contest between me and Howard, Okay. We will not mention your dick again after okay. the show. But the oh, wait a minute, the first guy that does has says to pay the other guy fifty bucks. How about that? Well, I would definitely do that. Except I know there's no way you're pulling up fifty bucks from your oh bullshit fucking jeans to pay I, me. It was my idea. Okay. So I, listen, or the thing is, is the fifty if the is the contest worth sacrificing that humor? The show could probably live without that humor for a while, but it would just be interesting to see how long this would go, and then the first guy to sort of, you know. Okay, so and would we have a? Maybe we could develop. I like it. Maybe we develop like one of those signs, like days. You know, they do at work, like safety day things, where we have this many mm-hmm. days, this many Dan, <laughs> this many Dan Dick free days. I'll call it. Dan, yeah. Dick Free Days. Yeah. Okay. It's 50 so, bucks. Wait, what's going to happen? Is it, is, you're just going to throw it away and then, uh, you know, expense the 50 bucks back to the company and, you know. Dan. No, 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 no. 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 Don't We're, be, don't say that. 
come on, Dan, we're going to make... Dan, here's the reason. See what he just did there? Because secretly, if we're not talking about his dick, and we're not talking about him, oh, yeah. You're something. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would think Dan Duran in this situation would go, great idea, guys. Great idea. Now, even, see? If it gives me, even if it gives me four or five days away from this shit. Great Horrible. idea. No, nope. his first reaction was, I don't want to disrupt your comedy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> is that me? You're doing me now? Blah, 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 blah. blah. I don't want to disrupt. Uh, no, this I is talk you. like this, and I say things that are blah, blah, blah. I don't right. want to. No, what you're, you would say, I don't want to get in the way of your comedy um, recreation. You know, he'll make a yeah. bunch of words that go together. <laughs> are you in, though? This could be fun. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. Okay. All right. Starting All tomorrow. Right. A cleaner show. A cleaner yeah. show. A cleaner show. Oh, not a cleaner oh, no, show. No, I didn't just, say no. that. Come on, Dan. I didn't say cleaner but show. But a, I dick, just said, a no. Dan dick-free day starting yeah. tomorrow. All right. And how, fantastic. No, Brilliant. Not just one day. How long this can go on? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to go on weeks. Okay. It'll, it'll be. I was just worried when you said the contest that the fucking loser had to try and jerk him off. I don't want any part of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Here's the thing. Too. Fucking arms are tired. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. We're only talking about Dan's dick. We can talk about each other's dicks. We could talk about other people's dicks. Okay. It's only Dan's mm. dick. All right. Okay. But right. what if it's a reference with an inference? No, can't do it. Okay. Can't do it. Well, we'll have. And, and, Dan's and, got to be cut from the equation. Will there be a. Um, like a tribunal, like, should you be able to appeal to Dan? Like, okay, that was, like, if something was on the line, who's the judge? Who's the uh, arbiter? Well, I guess Dan could be. Let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Well, but, you know. Or maybe we could have Dan's dick be the judge. <laughs> <laughs> it's not over. See, it's not, we're not there yet. Starting at the end it'll, of the show. Down with <laughs> starting, hard starting over again. Right. Starting over, yeah. <laughs> starting at the end of the show. Maybe we could have Dan's dick dressed in, a, like, a judge robe with, like, one of the little fucking hat, little hairs on it. Mm-hmm. Guilty. Oh, yeah, that too. That too. See, the idea is just keep getting better. Do we start again, right? So we're starting now. Or no, we're, we're not starting till the end of this show. Now. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't realize. Which that. I never. No, we're starting now. Which I never want to end. Uh, okay, uh, that's it then. Dan, do you have more? We have to go now. Let's there's another. There was a quick, no. quick story no. that I didn't cover. You know, I can't. Okay, so I can save it what till tomorrow. It? Save it, buddy. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow on the show uh, is Kenny. Kenny. Michael. Michael Landsbert. Okay. Landsberg? Mm, doesn't say the sports Bur- guy? I, I thought so, but it's not. It's Lan- it could be a typo, but it says Michael Landsbert. <laughs> what is- a tee up. It's probably Michael Landsberg. What a tee up. Is it him? I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> Who the hell is Michael Landsbert? What does it say? Doesn't it doesn't. Hey, fucker, I have the same information as you. It doesn't say anything. Okay, but, but I don't have it open right okay. now. Okay. Fuck. Michael Landsbert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What a good, He used to be the show of a host. He used to be the host of a show on a cable thing called, uh, what was Michael's show? Um, off the Record. Off, this one's called On the Record. It's a different mm-hmm. one. It's a completely different guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, for the last time, uh, thanks to uh, Kenny Robinson. Thanks to you all for listening. Thanks for Dan Duran's wiener for all it's done for this program. Fred, do you have any final thoughts before we go into a uh, Dan into a Dan Dick Dan? What am I calling it? Dan Dick Freed Zone? Yep. Nope. That's it. All good. Really. See you tomorrow morning. Yep.
You've got I don't want to. Yeah, I'm just. You're, you're going cold turkey. Concentrating now. You're quitting cold jerky. Mm-hmm. All right. Think about how I'm going to spend the 50 bucks. Sure you are. <laughs> I'm thinking about how I'm going to get 50 bucks from you. Come on. All right, Dan. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails. Get those emails in. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. It's recording tomorrow. The prize will be awarded as well. So tell us what you think. Liking, subscribing helps out the show. We'd love it if you helped us. And writing review does as well. Say something nice about us. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, tomorrow, no Dan Dick Talk starts. Enjoy every Thor Dan day. Just clap your hands. Where's that?